The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. If only you could hear the off-podcast conversations we have. It's Gavin's Fiddle on 105.3 The Fans, Fitz and Suds, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion, Craig Ludwig. How are you, Craig? You know, it is a podcast, so why don't you let everybody in on what sure. really happens leading up to the beginning of okay, it? Okay, so here's what happened. I texted Craig, and I said, would you you know, do a podcast? I said, uh, First I offered, I said, Sean and I are doing it after the game. Um, or would you like to join us tomorrow early afternoon? And you said, um, yeah, sounds good. So I did not give you the time. And then I realized I set up the zoom for us. And then I texted you and said, good when you are, (laughs) So I did not give you an exact time. My sincere apologies. There you go. What actually is your job description? Oh, no, 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 no. I run a successful sports station, the home of the Cowboys and the Texas Rangers, and I oversee the hosts and everything else going on. And Russ Martin used to get on me about this, and he used to say, what does oversee mean? (laughs) What do you do? So those are the things I do, bud. Well, not where I'm sitting. (laughs) Why don't you? No times, no dates, except tomorrow. Yes, I agree yeah. because I was running those around doing anything. Aren't they? Aren't uh, those logistics? A little tuckered out from a from a from a twelve thirty a.m. Spits and Suds podcast this morning with Sean, who you have great respect for. It's awesome yeah, that someone on this podcast you have respect for. I do I was appreciate. Just gonna that. say, at least there's one guy. Absolutely, and didn't you like help with his new book? Didn't you write something? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Never mind then. That was Billy Heward. I think it was, well, Curtis McKenzie did something too, but. Uh, no, I know nothing about it. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's get into last night's game. And it was a tale of two games, so to speak. The Stars got to play their game, and the Wild could not exert themselves like they wanted to in you know, did in game one, wanted to get your thoughts, what you saw that change from game one to two. I thought the biggest thing was the quick start. Yeah, they start on time. And that's been how many times during the course of the season have we seen that? I mean, if there's been a, I'm not saying it's an issue, but if there's been something you would like to find a way to correct is to get off to good starts and to be ready to go or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Good and bad news for that. And I think what they have shown during the course of the regular season is that they can get off to a slow start, or they did get off to some slow starts, and they were able to 
to climb back into it and ultimately win the hockey game, which is good because it gives you confidence because you can sit there and take some of that out of the, out of the games at this time of the year and say, Hey, we've come back 15 times during the season. We can do it again. And then, then there's the other side of it that this is completely different things that go on in the playoffs. It, it's unlike the regular season. And so, um, you know, up to this point, uh, the team that scored first, they're 11 and one. So, um, it's pretty important to, to start on time and, um, you know, you, you're, it, it's, it's a lot easier playing the game with the lead because, you know, some of these games have opened up. Um, but I think when you saw from the first night, you know, you know they were all kind of old school, uh, three, two games. <clears throat> and I think we, we always expect, I think in the playoffs that things will tighten up like this, but, but there are some teams in here, Florida being one of them, obviously Edmonton and, um, you know, it's funny, Boston had, what, 65 wins this year, something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. And they're they're not – and they've got something like a plus 60 in the third period as far as the goals for, goals against. So that's not about scoring goals. That's about being able to lock it down and, and the opponents, you know. so And the reason they're like that is because they know what playoff hockey is. And not that other teams don't. Um, but, again, you know, it's exciting for the fans, probably. You'd rather see a, a 7-3 a, – a six, four hockey game. Um, but generally, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the least amount of scoring opportunities and bad goals and coming out on the right end of special teams. Um, that makes a difference, you know, getting to that 16th win at this time of the year. A lot of fans wanted retribution. That was a word that was used on social media prior to the game. I tweeted out that the best retribution is a win and winning this series. And I wanted to get your thoughts as a former player. Take me inside the room after something like that happens um, and give us your perspective um, on what you think should happen. Exactly what happened last night. And I don't know if anybody's heard the story. I won't tell it, but about the young bull and the old bull. No, tell it. Uh, it's not really a rated PG. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> Well, it's the old bull and the young bull sitting up on top of the hill and down at the bottom of the hill is all the cows. So what do you think the young bull wants to do? You know, he wants to rush down there and, and the old bull, I wouldn't even tell the story, but the old bull is just take your time and we'll go down and we'll do them all. So the, the, the bottom line is, is that you said it, the most important way and the best way to take that, that circumstance that happened is to not come out of the playoffs. And, you know, to go out and have Dumba pay the price in game two or game three and then have them and have that ultimately put you in the penalty box, put them on the power play, score a timely goal, put you down two games to one, three games to two. They end up having home ice because they stole the game out of your building and maybe you give them another game at some point and, you know, they get that advantage. And then you ultimately lose the series. And, and the first guy, all you have to do is ask the guy that was at the wrong end of the accident. He'd be telling you the same thing. The most important thing here, guys, is I want to come back and play in round two, round three, and round four. You go ahead and, you know, so take the guy's license plate number and there'll be a time. And it may not be this this year. It may be halfway through next year. It could be in game 64 next year and you're down four games or four goals and, and, you know, now's the time. 
Um, so, but this is a different time and you do what's best for the group of guys that are in your room and you bite the bullet and let's make sure Joe gets back, has enough time to take care of himself, get him, get him back into a good place and let's get him back in our lineup and let's win a couple, two, three, four rounds. Do you have an interesting perspective on the hit? You were there Monday night and you were sitting with Steven Johns who has dealt with concussion and basically that ended his career. So tell us what you saw and then did your opinion change as you saw the replay? From and from uh, I yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt because I, I wanted to get this in as well. You have a great perspective because you're different than P.K. Subban. Defensemen are all different, but P.K. was saying when that player comes into the zone, my job is to take them out. Um, and I, as a guy who was a heavy hitter in the league, what would you have done in that scenario? You know, and or, you know, so take me through that. And in your playing days, you know, how did you avoid that? Well, P.K. is a topic for another day. <clears throat> So yeah. I'll leave that at that. Yep. Um, you know, our job is, you know, all defensemen, and I know we all have played the game differently, and, and the guys that have the skill play the skilled game, and the guys that want to stick around the league have to play a different way. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a player that you know can determine the outcome of a series, of a game, uh, of a play, and – you always want to be hard on good players and you want to make it difficult for them. You want them to know it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and, you know, to start with, I, I think on that particular play, like if when Joe Pavelski or any forward comes across the blue line, entering the zone, entering the offensive zone, and if they cut across the middle of the ice and whether it's to try to make a play, get a better shooting angle, those are areas where they're, they're very used to, understanding that there's a better chance that somebody's going to get a chance to take a hit on him. where Joe was at that time. It was like, he was almost down at the bottom of the circles, almost coming off the goal line. And I don't think that there's forwards that, especially where Joe was to expect a defenseman to be coming from the front of the net right there with a direct hit. <clears throat> so I don't think he was anticipating that. Although he's a smart player, I think his first instinct was to be able to make a play. And, and a lot of times we say, you, I mean, you got to take a hit to make a play. And, 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 and that's part of the game and you know it. And um, so, and he took a big hit for it and, you know, immediately everybody's up in arms and it's a, it's a dirty shot. And then when you go back and you kind of settle down and, you know, Bobby Basson and, and Steven, former trainer, uh, Dave Supernot. And, you know, I had it on my phone and so we're backing it up and then it's on the replays are going on on TV. And what happens is, and, and it's funny because Joe was part of the rule right now. He's a reason for the rule that referees will on a collision like that. They're immediately going to call it a five minute major because then it gives them the, the ability to take a look at it. If they just call a two minute uh, penalty on that. They can't, it won't be reviewed. So, so they go, why that's a collision we want to be able to take a better look at it. So they call it a five. So, and they have no, they can't reduce it to nothing. So they reduce it down to two. So all, that's why there was a two minute, whatever he got it for charging, roughing. I don't even know what he ultimately got it for. But when you sit there and you go by what the rule says, and there are some ridiculous 
uh, number, and I think I believe it's 0.8 seconds from when a player lets go of the puck. It can, the hit cannot take place that amount of time after he lets go of the puck. So, and you know, they're sitting and, and again, what this did is that when they go to review, now Toronto's on the phone, they're looking at all of their cameras, all of their guys are going through this. So this isn't just one referee making this decision. Well, the first thing is, is that they, they considered that it was not a late hit. Now I know people can stop at any time you want, and you can look how far the puck is away from it when, when Dumba hasn't even left, but you have to understand how fast that puck is moving in relative, you know, when the player is coming at him and the other players come at him. So anyway, they deem that the, the time was, you know, in that 0.8 or less. Now, when you look at the hit and you slow it down, the contact is shoulder to shoulder. And, and, and the, the other side of that is when you get, when you take a hit like that, your head is not going to go back immediately. It's going forward. So I, I believe what they do is they look at it, it's shoulder, the impact is shoulder to shoulder. It looks like he's trying to go through his chest. Do I think he's trying to take his head off? Absolutely. I mean, and again, I think we, some of us, that's what we did. That's what we do. That, that would be, back in the day, that's a good hit. Now we know all the reasons why it's not a good hit. But so he drive, he admit the, the initial contact appears to be, and again, you can go ahead and look at all different angles and you can say, no, it wasn't. But when you look at the proper angle, whatever angle that, that we got to see, it is shoulder to shoulder. It, that's what it appears to be. So, and then, you know, and then he gets, I think that when Joe went down and when he did make contact with, if it was a shoulder or his head, uh, I'm talking about Dumba's. I think that may have been when the initial blow happened. And then when he came down, I think he hit his head again on the ice. So, and, and that was coming even from, like I said, Dave Supernot, the stars, former trainer who deals in this stuff um, said, I think, he, I think he was out right there. Like he was knocked out as soon as that hit happened. And then there was another impact on the ice. So again, not, I'm not saying that, that all of that is right, but that's how they look at that stuff. And, um, and is it a predatory hit? Of course it is, Yeah. but that's what we do. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not saying that's right. And, and Dumba is one of the, and, and there's, you know, there's another one in the New York Rangers, uh, another defenseman that plays that way. True, there's one in Florida that plays that way. Yeah. So it's not like they're out there and they know what their roles are. So you know, again, you just hope that Joe can get back into the lineup as quick as, as quick as possible. And I, I bet you, you could get 10 people from the NHL and they could sit in a room and they could just debate this back and forth all day. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because soon after that, you had the uh, bunting Chernak hit and uh, watched the NHL player safety video. And that was initial contact to the head. And the NHL also said, because it was interference, um, you know, and he was suspended three games. So that was well, a tough Chernak, hit. Chernak never had the puck. There yeah, was nothing I know. The puck was on the other side of town. Yes. And yeah. that's why, you know, Bunting's not, doesn't appear to be a real smart player. So, but he understands that he has a role that he has to do. He crossed the line and that, that I think falls <laughs> definitely under the, uh, the category of unsuspecting player, unsuspecting hit. Because, you know, Chernak was looking the other direction. Yeah. I, what I think Bunting was doing on that particular play, I think he was going to try to, he was going to try to create space 
when he was going to go retrieve the puck. I think he knows if he just turns and goes for the puck, Chernak's going to turn. He's going to be right on his back. So he's going to try to bump him and get him off balance. And then he's got a little bit more time and space to grab a puck. But I have no idea what's inside his head. But that's what that's what a lot of players will do. They'll give you a little bump, gets you to get your get you off balance a little bit going the other way. Then you can go and grab the puck and have a little bit more time. But yeah, you're right. And, and in today's day, <clears throat> what the NHL, uh, however they cut their standards, is they consider uh, a one game suspension it, during the regular season. You know, it, it's two games in the playoffs. So what they're basically saying is, if this is a regular season. Bunting would have got six games since he got three. So it's a lightning fast league. Um, and when you played fast game, the question I have for you is well, not, not, not as fast. As it is not, not as fast as it is now. Yeah, that's correct. But when Dumba comes across and this is, uh, I'm asking you as a former player, because I think our, our listeners want to know this. When Dumba comes across, does he know it's Joe Pavelski or does he care? And as a player, did you know, let's, I'm just going to throw out Rick Middleton you know, the scorer for the Bruins or somebody like that. Did you oh, no. know? Did no, you he know? First, first off, he knows exactly who it is. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why is because him and Brodeen are supposed to play against the top line. That's their job to play against the top line is don't give that line time and space. If we want to win this game, ultimately win the series, those guys can't be a part of it. And, and so, yes, he knows who he is. And he would not have cared if it was Rupe or if it was Robo. He and again, that's the way he's going to play. I, I personally, I know he's he is in everybody's black books now here in Dallas. I like the guy as a player. Now he doesn't play. I don't think he's. I don't think he intentionally is a dirty player. Um, but he plays hard and he plays heavy and he's not. You know. He, but I also think that a reason that he can do that and a few other guys can do that is because of a move that Billy Garen made made you know a month or so ago and brought in ryan reeves and so they know that their darian hatcher their shane churla their basil mccray is on the bench and so and that's the identity of, of this minnesota team and billy garen built this team to be a playoff team <clears throat> i had said a while back when when there were three games to go in the regular season dallas and and minnesota were jockeying there, there was one point separating these two teams and they were, and it was about home ice because Colorado was probably going to finish first. They had an extra game in hand, blah, blah, blah. They get to their third game. I'm not even sure who they played. Minnesota, I'm talking about. They they sit five guys for that game. Dallas played that night also. And I'm thinking, are you just giving up on home ice? You're not even, I mean, we would all rather home ice. And the only reason is probably, I mean, we all know that you like to get off to a, a good start. <clears throat> and game seven. If you want to play game seven, you'd rather play at home. Anyway. They decide not to. They ultimately won that game, but then they lost the next night after putting those guys back in line. Then they sat three more guys. So they obviously weren't too concerned about starting at home. And I think it, the reason is because the makeup of his lineup, the way the guys he went out and got, this is the way Billy Guerin, Dean Evanson believe that you're going to win in the playoffs, or at least the way that they can win in the playoffs. So so they're comfortable playing that kind of a style of a game. They like playing that style. I mean, they got Hartman, Felino. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of guys on that team. Last night, I think the hits were something like 46 to 25 yeah. in favor of yeah. Minnesota. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if they even change that style. The, 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 the big puzzle of the whole thing from last night's game is what was Flurry doing in, in the net? And that has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, but why did they not play 
justice. I, I don't understand it, but you know, according to them, this is what we do. Yeah. And maybe that's their philosophy. You know, but, we had we had Joe O'Donnell on, Craig, the voice of the wild, um, on our afternoon show a couple of days ago, and he told after Gustafson's that appearance, he's in our studios the next afternoon and he said, Guys, don't be surprised if Flurry plays. That's what they've been doing. So I'm not saying it's you know right or wrong, but that that is truth. They've been doing that all season. But I just don't know how you pull a hot goaltender like that. I mean, we'll clearly see him in Game Three and likely forward. But you know. well, if we don't see him in Game Three, and, and just because a a broadcaster told you that, like I know that let's just say it's Razor and Josh, they know things and they and they know things of injuries, lineup changes, things like that but they're told those things because they know are they the people that are talking to them whether it's coaches or other know that they're not going to let it out they're going to say the right things so there may be i mean we know now that if flurry plays again tomorrow Gustafson's hurt yeah because it just didn't make sense to me i don't this is the playoffs like if that kid played that well would you not, and you won, you somehow you found a way to win a game and, and game one on the road, regardless of who you're playing, wouldn't you want to go home? Everybody says you just want to go in there to win one game. You get home ice. You just want to go in there and win one game. That's a bunch of shit. You want to win them both. Like, I, don't wouldn't yeah. you rather have a shot at going back 2-0? Yeah, and, yeah, I, I don't understand. You don't, you don't rest people in the playoffs like that. No, but, but anyway, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't think we'll see Flurry again. Flurry may be done playing. <laughs> he might this that might have been his last game, and not maybe not maybe yeah. not. that's if because I just don't see you know. <clears throat> hopefully this doesn't happen. But if that that Gustafson comes back in and they win Game Three, you think Flurry's going in for Game Four because no. that's just what they do? No, not a chance. No, not unless he gets hurt. Yeah. Oh, uh, we got a bunch of questions for you, Craig, because you are popular. At Lone Star Bait says, who is our under-the-radar X-factor for this Stanley Cup run and why? Also, at what point, we've already discussed this, does someone get retribution on Dumba? I agree with Craig. It could be some point next year. Or if Dumba goes to another team, it might be a moot point. Um, we'll, we'll see. Under the radar? Under the radar today? Yeah. After the after the hit? Tyler no. Sagan. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what I would, who, who's our under the radar going to, you know, going to have to be, um, it's got to be so, I mean, played really well last night. Back, it's Tyler. And I'll tell you what, Tyler will be that guy. And Tyler, what, what I loved about Tyler Sagan's game, all around game was one particular play. And yes, he, it was a goal, but he scored the goal from exactly where Joe Pavelski was mm-hmm. right in front of the net. It was almost like they were doing a tribute last night with all the tips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. It was perfect. And, and I, why I think that's important, not just for the team, but it's important for Tyler. I've been on that, that kind of voicing that my opinion of Tyler in the last couple of years, not knowing how tough it was for him to recover from all the injuries that he had, that Tyler needed to start gravitating close, getting, getting more close to that because the, the perimeter stuff wasn't for whatever reason, wasn't working. Tyler kind of gets in there, pucks start going off their feet and off their butt and then get a couple rebounds. And then their confidence starts to come back. So <clears throat> I, I think that, you know, right now, you know, nothing else has really changed except Joe's not in there. Yeah. And, and that's a big, that's a big loss, but they found a way, you know, they found it last night, but I, but I think Tyler, 
can do that. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is and and Tyler's pretty good on the faceoffs because Dallas has got Dallas scored the most goals this this year, five on five, off faceoffs. They they were the best team in the NHL with their faceoff setups that translated into goals, and they've got Joe Pavelski that will take it on one side of the ice. And they've got Jamie Ben that takes it on the other side of the ice. And that's how they set up their plays. And now Tyler can, can also get into those face-offs, win face-offs, and they can still continue with whatever kind of, you know, uh, a play and execution play right off a of face-off. So I think, it, I think there's a lot on Tyler. So Brewboy23 on Twitter thinks we are going to the Stanley Cup. What additions, Reeves, and subtractions do the Stars need to make to keep moving forward? Um, since DeBoer is at the helm and wants his style players, you know, I mean, well, I, addition, I think it's too early, but there aren't uh, gonna, no, there's no additions. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing. It, I, I don't see any additions. I mean, if you're going to call, I mean, I know they called Tufty up. What yesterday was yeah. it? Uh, and then then they talk about him, and then he doesn't play. But I I kind of think that's a there's little things, little games that go on in the playoffs too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The <clears throat> first thing they want to get out there, the size of them, you know, six foot, whatever it is, four or five, 225 pounds. And does that begin again? You have to remember that you get to submit your lineup after the, the visitors submit there. So are you hoping that, uh Oh, big, big player coming in. We better make an adjustment. Let's pull this player out and put some meat in the lineup. And then days are kind of gone. You yeah. Know, that, that, and, and, and especially, and, and the, both GMs and both coaches know all they know what they're trying to do. So, you know, and if you really want to take out one of your top nine forwards and put a guy in that hasn't played in whenever, and you're going to stick him into the playoffs and, and he's going to be this heavyweight right now, I can tell you that that's one of the reasons barely Garen went out and got, got Ryan Reed. Yeah. You guys can, you guys can call whatever guy you want up, any guy you want in your system that is in the American hockey league or, co- or wherever you're going to call them up from. And they are still going to believe we still got the biggest boy on the block. So you go, go, go at it boys. And uh, there, he's going to be a non-factor. He should be a non-factor as the, as the playoffs go on, right. especially in today's game. He should be. Yeah. 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 Um, I did find it interesting. Every time the stars scored a goal, I saw either Felino or Reeves on the ice. So they were still trying to establish that physicality. Um, they do, they haven't veered from it. They roll through their yeah. line. That there's some things here I don't understand because you're in the playoffs and you're going to roll through four lines and you're already down Hartman. You know you're you're down. Uh, who's the other guy? They're down. Oh, Erickson uh, Eck. Uh, Eck, uh, yeah, Erickson Eck is down. Yeah. So they're they're not there down the middle of the ice, which is you know an important part. So yeah, yeah. Billy Guerin does deserve credit for uh, an under the radar signing of Gustav uh, Nyquist or trade deadline deal uh, from Columbus. That was a really nice deal. He's played really well in this. Uh, in this series, but one move that I think the stars to answer your question, brew boy um, will contemplate after watching the play. Maybe we see Dodonov coming back. Um, he's up after this year, you know, Domi's still in question, but the way Dodonov's playing on that Ben and, and Wyatt Johnston lines, pretty impressive Luds. Well, he fits in with his speed. I mean, yeah. And he's, I think, I think what's happened to him is he's had a few stops, uh, different teams. Now he's on a good team. And I think he, and he's 33, I think he's like 33 years old. Um, he's playing with in a system that suits him and, and there's enough, there's enough, um, defensive responsibility thinking 
players that he can play with that allows him to play the way that he wants to. And then on the other side of that, you actually, he, he sees how they're playing at both ends of the rink and it pulls him into playing at both ends of the rink, not just one direction. So, you know, he, he can, he, he can, he can add to this lineup. I mean, you know, this is kind of like a plug and play lineup, I think with some of the pieces that they have. Yep. Yep. Aaron Thacker at Thackman 05. So many questions for Craig Ludwig. You're so popular. How from this experience did you treat road games in the playoffs from both getting ready and the actual playing in the game itself as opposed to home? They're, they're actually there. I, I, I would find them easier, um, less distractions. The game is the game. The buildings, you know, in today's game, a little different when I first started the, I mean, Chicago and Boston, their buildings were smaller and the boards were, they're all cookie cookie cutter buildings now, right? So the buildings are the same. The ice conditions are are generally the same, unless you're going to play in Edmonton and, you know, Calgary, some of those places have really, really fast ice, but, but for the most part, you get in your room, you, you get your meals, you don't have to cook, you don't have to drive anywhere, you don't have the kids, you don't have the wives or girlfriends, whatever. There are no distractions on the road. You've got your team together. Your 23, 24 guys, whatever they're carrying, are together all day long. So I, you know, with the exception of <clears throat> fans, um, which is, I, I had a criticism of our fans because on game one, there were times in that game, I don't think our, our fans understand how, important they actually are and they're more important when things aren't going well than when they are going well and they can they can breathe some life and some energy into the players and they were fantastic last night in game one when things weren't going the right way everything was quiet I was sending text messages to your buddy to change the music never got back to me either I I wasn't I, I was sitting up there and I'm like what the hell are we playing this techno stuff right now? Play, I told them, play some Pantera, play something to get the fans going right now to get them into it. I understand the frustration of it and the way it was going. Um, and it wasn't even out of hand, <clears throat> but, but the fans are important. Now, Minnesota has one of the best fan bases in the NHL. So for Dallas to come out tomorrow, they've got to get through those first five minutes of the game and the, their, their players will be all revved up. They're a physical kind of team. They're going to want to finish every single check. Everybody knows that now. And so, you know, they've got to, they've got to weather that storm and then just let it, let it build throughout the game. Sam Green at Spamuel Green. He wanted your thoughts on the hit, which you already went into. He also wanted to get your thoughts on Thomas Harley's play thus far. I, you know what, Tom, I liked, I mean, you can see that they like what Harley does. The only, the only concern I have with Harley is some of his reads. He will, if there's a play coming through the middle of the ice and you're and it's, and it's a three on two, for instance, or even if it's a, a two and a half, in other words, your forward is coming back with their third guy coming through the middle of the ice. <clears throat> you can't as a defenseman, especially on the offside of the ice, you have to hold the middle of the ice until you absolutely know that your third player has picked up their guy and what Thomas has done just, and it happened. I saw a couple in the regular season also, and this is the young defenseman. He's going to continue to learn this stuff. And I'm sure they're going over this stuff with them. But what happens is when there's a pass that's made, either it's cross ice or it goes from the middle of the ice to a winger, he will move to him right away without reading that the middle of the ice isn't picked up yet, or that far side isn't picked up yet. And it turns a three on two, what he thinks may be a three on three turns a three on two into a two on one. And, you know, from a defenseman standpoint, 
when you have an outnumbered rush, your job is to buy time, buy time, keep things on the perimeter of the ice and allow your third guy to get back into the play and pick up some coverage. Sometimes he, when that pass happens, like there, I, I remember one for sure. <laughs> He's looking at the middle of the ice, but our forward was about two to three. It, it actually was hints. It was last night. Um, Hintz was coming through the middle of the ice and it was when Dumba carried the puck through the middle of the ice and um, they scored on that goal. Well, Hintz was, Hintz wasn't quite there. Now he, he kind of stopped skating also, but he, he can't go to the wall or to where the puck goes until he knows the middle of the ice is picked up. Ultimately he came back. Hintz was a little slow on the play and then it, you know, it popped over to, um, to otters left and that was that little tap in there that made it i think it was two on one mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that's again those are things that he's going to learn because when you play in the american league and juniors and things like that you can get away with some of that stuff this it happens quicker here but otherwise he, he tries to be physical he tries to get up on the play um he's got the size um so i i and they may, i think they made we talked about this before they made their decision when they kind of you know harley came and played what last 10, 12, 15 games of the yep. regular season, what it may be, they were, they were getting him ready for this time right now. Yeah. Yeah. He got some so. second power play. Uh, Sean and I were talking, got some second power play unit time too. So uh, I don't think that happens if he stays with the team all year. I think the seasoning and being the number one top defenseman in Texas really helped gained a lot of confidence this year. That's uh, right. You, and you got to give them that time. I mean, you got to let them go through those mistakes. Ideally you don't want it to happen in the playoffs, <clears throat> but we, we got to remember that this Minnesota wild probably doesn't have as many weapons as whoever they're going to face in the second round, yep. you know, so you can get away with some of that stuff here because you know, their second and third lines may not have that pure scoring ability. Like you may, when you go up to whoever your next opponent may be at Joe underscore Martinez, 88 hashtag October's very own. He asked based off the first two games, what should stars game plan be to win the series? I just play your game. And I think you win the series, right, Craig? Yeah, there. I, you know, and again, it's it, it's all about the decision making. You know what I mean? Like they they're a team that that has they they've got their identity. They found out who they were throughout the course of this year, and they're a team that wants to play with pace. Um, it's just it's about the other end of the rink. They're they're going to be able to create some chances. You just want to make sure at this time of the year you're not giving up too many outnumbered chances, even though you've got a really good goalie back there. Um, you know, and just. It's all those little details. I, I'm, I'm telling you that this is why they played the first 82 games is because they figured out what they can and what they can't do, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, in the playoffs, it's, it, it really truly does become special teams and goaltending. And, you know, and a couple and, of, yeah, a couple of personal questions to end. Um, David Castillo at David Castillo, AC writes for D magazine. He was wondering the night the Stanley Cup was dented. Who was responsible for that 4 a.m. Burger King mystery bite? Well, it happened before the Burger King. Okay. Did you say mystery bite? Yeah. Was oh, he talking dent? He there. Oh, you talking about the dent? In the I don't cup know. He, or said, the he says mystery bite. That could have been when I was passed out in the Burger King and somebody had to wake me up. Oh, really? To sleep there. That maybe that because I ordered something. I never get. That was a day of the parade. I was a little late for the parade too. But that, that if he's talking about Burger King, that has nothing to do with the cup. So you were in the takeout line and you fell asleep? No, no, no. I was already sitting down. The last thing I remember, I, I left Vinny's and um, my mom and dad were in town and um, I had stopped for a little bite to eat on the way home. And I think I took a nap and maybe I was woken up. I don't know. Yeah, somebody was waking me up, but I thought it was the people in the uh, I just needed a little nap. 
I had to get ready for the parade. But I was late for the parade. Actually, I'm glad it wasn't flashing lights. (laughs) No. Well, there, I mean, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. But if you win those big trophies, it's, I think some people get some, get out of jail. (laughs) I love it. At Sam, I two S S a, uh, Amram Sam asks, what was behind Luddy instead of fighting, grabbing a player? Can't remember who around the neck with both hands trying to choke him into submission. <laughs> that could have been Maltby from Detroit. Uh-huh. All right. Give us the circumstances. I, I don't remember. I don't, I didn't like the guy at the time. He, he was one of those, he was one of those hit and run kind of guys and he could skate and he, he was, uh, he was always hitting guys from behind, I think is what it was. And, um, but, but that's all I can remember. I'm, that may have been who it was. I think it was up on the glass. I have a picture of it somewhere. Somebody has a picture of it somewhere, but um, I don't know. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, Brian Waddle, who uh, helps with the stars broadcast was wondering. Oh, uh, Waddle. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm a big fan. He's good at golf. Um, he says he sent me, I, I don't know if you saw it, Craig, the ESPN clip of Florida and Boston chirping at each other with massive swear words completely going over ESPN. Uh, so he sent that to me. It's hilarious. And he said, yeah, that thing I sent you about chirping, I'd like to hear Craig's response on what's the best chirp you ever brought and what's the best chirp you were ever hit with. Oh, now you'd have to give me time to think. I get chirped all the time. I get chirped at practice every day with our players. The kids I, chirp tonight, you? I got, a game, I got a game tonight, and I guarantee I'll get chirped. My own kid, I play with Trevor tonight. He's my partner. I guarantee I'll get chirped by my own kid tonight. You're in a beer league? And, yeah, we don't call it. Well, okay. that should be beer league, yeah. But <clears throat> there's a couple of beers sitting on the bench. But it's just a men's, it's a men's league. Tonight's a little... Tonight's a good pace, but um, tonight's probably a better pace than I like. Okay, um, so let's right, so so I'll give you time to think, and we can ask on another podcast. Let's just say I'm playing against you tonight. What would be the chirp? If you were playing against me tonight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're we're on the ice at the same time. Well, I would have def I'd definitely be in the wrong building on the wrong sheet of ice if you were playing against me. <laughs> and, and and I don't play tennis, but I don't even know how you. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. All right. Well, I can't. I'm trying to have this is a bad visual for me to even see you on the ice with with your figure skates on. I would and, not wear figure skates. Will you quit that? I'm sure you do. There's no way you don't wear figure skates when you skate. Do you skate? Have you skated? Yes. <laughs> with hesitation. He <laughs> well, I'm not yes. a pro. It wasn't my, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but yeah, I mean, Clearly, I was not the best skater. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, uh, no, you th- trust me. There'd be so I wouldn't even have to chirp you because everybody else would be doing it. So I would, ju- to be honest, I would just sit back and smile at the things that I hear. They would probably blame me for having you even out there, but uh, and but you would never be out. This this is this would be no environment for you. Okay, so how do I earn my keep? With you and Trevor, let's say that you guys are like respect. Continue <laughs> to bring us beer. Okay, all right. I can that, do that, that some that night. Would be the easiest. That would be the best way. Is for every time we come back after a few shifts, you come walking down with a fresh 
can of Miller Lite. Okay. And Trevor and I, you could you could hang with Trevor and I at any any time you'd like. We will do that one night. It's all on me, Craig. My <laughs> we, wallet is you know, your the wallet. Band, the listeners have been hearing this line for years now. <laughs> I'm, 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 all you have to do is hang out with me, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll use some more of your gift cards that don't work. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's behind the scenes. That was a mistake, Craig. You don't bring that stuff up. Yeah, I do. <sighs> Well, I'm, I'm going to get you a new gift button, card. So I'm sure it won't even make no, it. No, it'll make it. No, it'll it's clean. Good. It's clean. It's clean. Yeah. All right. Well, we're feeling good. Series tied at one. Thank you, Mr. Ludwig. Uh, love the perspective from a defenseman standpoint, uh, from a current coach standpoint, uh, regarding retribution, regarding your thoughts on the hit, regarding the different styles, what they need to do in Minnesota. So it's, uh, I got to admit, good drama. It's exciting. Yeah, I, I would just I would just say just for Matt Dumba and again I like the player I don't even know him personally, but payback's a bitch, and so what if uh, what if and I use the Corey Perry as an example, what if Matt Dumba signs here as a UFA? Uh, um, you know what it it is funny though I will tell you we know that and I can use guys like Pat Verbeek. Uh, you know there's a there's a list of guys that I played against and you hate them until they're on your team. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard, uh, and as a matter of fact, fact, Brad Marchant had said that, uh, about one of the players. And uh, I can't remember who it was that Boston just picked up Bertuzzi. Maybe thought, who was it? Was it Bertuzzi? Maybe? No, or, I don't think no? it was. Bertuzzi. Okay. Who did they, who did they get from Washington? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Hathaway. Yeah. Ha- I think it's Hathaway. And, and I, I just think he said, you know, he, you're the last guy that I hated. You're the last, you're the last guy that I hated because all the guys that he hated are now on the Bruins team. But it's funny, like those guys that you put, you you hate them because they're because they're a pain in the ass to play against. They're dirty, and now you don't have to worry about them sticking you and running you late and all these other things. They're they're kind of in your corner. It's amazing how there is that kind of forgiveness. Now I'm not saying that you know with every single player, but um, you know it, it, it's funny how it changes when when they're fighting the war with you instead of against y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I do like phys- I like Felino's physical presence. Oh yeah. No, those are Fel- Felino stands out all the time. Yeah. I mean again, he and he is like last night was it last night he kind of waved when he got kicked out. Everybody was getting 10 minutes at the end of the game last night. He was just kind of over his shoulder they had a shot of him just kind of waving. But you know, he comes from a I I hated playing against his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad had this Mike Felino was a, a goal scorer and he had the every time he scored he would just stand there and, and jump up in the air like a frog. He had this, the, the Felino. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and, and you know, and I'd be on the ice too many times, you know, for my liking to, to have to watch it. And I, I remember one time he, I just waited for him to do the little jump up in the air. I mean, he could get his feet, literally both his skates about three feet off the ice. And, you know, he kind of curl up in a little ball and I just kind of waited and he got right to his height there. And I just took my stick and I grabbed his feet and, you know, and he flopped him back out and he hit his head on the ice and he laid there for a little while. But, but, you know, those, again, if I were, if I had the opportunity to play with him at some point in my yeah. career and scoring those goals and, and pissing other, the other team up, I, you know, it'd be, I'd be fine. So you did, saying, like, you did that. Did anyone come after you? No, 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 not, wow. not, not that particular night. No. Man. And, and that was in uh, Buffalo had some, you know, they had some like, like the play fairs and they, they had some tough guys at the time. And so um, I was just fortunate. None of those guys were on the ice at the time, I guess, but I, that I can remember. I mean, it was, it was probably my third or fourth year in the league. I, 
you know, but Mike was a, you know, he's a great goal scorer and his kids. It's funny because, you know, the one Nick that that's with the Boston Bruins right now, a, a, a true leader. Um, and, and that's why Boston went out and grabbed those kind of guys. But, you know, yeah, the, the one, and I, I like both of them, both, both Felinos are, they're, they're great. And they know who they are. That's the best thing about that. You like about those kind of guys. They're not going to try to go out and do things that, that, you know, that are going to hurt their team uh, from the standpoint of these are, these are straight line players, you know, and that they get under your skin. Uh, they will fight, you know, they're not the pretending kind of guys They go yeah. to the net hard. Um, you know, like I said, they hit all the right guys and they won't back down from people and they just go about their business. So when you uh, played, when you played, uh, Dean Evison, did he still have those eyes that he has now? Well, I played with Dino. Yeah. We played together. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? It's funny. Like even playing with Dino, you didn't see those eyes when you played with him. No. All of a sudden, as a coach, he, yeah, there he's bugging out all the time, but he's got this, <laughs> but it's not even, and I don't, you know, and he even, I remember he, he was talking about it here a few months ago and, you know, and his wife was like, Jesus, where's that come from? Like, I, you don't see that when you play with the guy and you don't see it, you know, off the ice. And so he's just an intense guy, you know, and, and uh, you watch him on the bench and grabbing his coaches and things like that. He's very animated and he's into the game. He, he's, he coaches like he's still playing. That's cool. That's the, yeah. that, that's cool. Yeah. You're yeah. the man, Craig. Thank you so much for the stories. Thank you so much for the insight. This is awesome stuff for stars fans. And, uh, we will uh, catch up with you hopefully when uh, the Stars take the uh, series lead this weekend. All right. Sounds good. You the man. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.